Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it is August 28th, it's 2019, and we have 11 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Back-to-back days, Genie for 07. Grant, you're uh, still in the hotel life. Yeah, yeah, I'll be in the hotel life tomorrow. And then moving up to an Airbnb on the beach for four days. And then got a nice little wedding re- wedding reception. All sorts of stuff like that. So it's going to be a fun few days. Maybe get some golfing before I have to go to the 80-hour week life with baseball and football going on at the same time. One more week. Um yeah, I have uh, the Fantasy Racing World Championship is this weekend, and, like, I know that I probably won't play baseball, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then it's just, like, Monday is just going to be get back on the baseball grind, get ready for football, and then get ready for NASCAR. So, um, fun week ahead next week. Uh, love it. Love it. Not complaining whatsoever. Love it. So, um, I'm ready for football season. I'm, I'm ready for it to be here. Indubitably. Um, I started my research yesterday for football, so ready for ready for that for sure. Um, speaking of football, if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over to fantasydraft.com. They have a million dollar rake free contest for week one, twenty dollar buy in, hundred and fifty entry max. Um, really good payout structure, gonna pay quite a bit there. So if you want to win a ticket into that, you have a twenty thousand dollar Hooters kickoff free roll on Fantasy Draft this week for preseason week four. Um, 750 tickets given away for that. So if you want to check that out, if you haven't played over there and you just want to get a feel for the site before the regular season starts, week four preseason is actually one of the more predictable um, preseason weeks of the season. So excited for preseason to knock it out of the park with the last week here and um, get cracking on week one next week. So if you haven't checked them out, Head on over to Roto Grinders, click the review, and um, sign up through the links. That way you get the three months of Roto Grinders Premium for Fantasy Draft once you make your first deposit. All right, Grant, we got 11 games to get through here on today's slate. We get started with Baltimore at Washington. Asher Wojciechowski against Max Scherzer. Um, no total in this one. Any interest here in Wojciechowski? I mean, I want to say no, but Aaron Brooks did just absolutely <laughs> demolish this team. Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh, I don't think it's the right slate. There are tons of good pitchers between 7 and 8K. So I don't think he really makes the cut here. Yes, he does have a decent swing strike rate, but this team only strikes out an average clip, and there's some power in there. And I'm not going to go off a one-day sample size of them getting mowed down by Baltimore. Yeah, I'm just – I get it happen, and it was very tilting. You know, anybody that was with me that played Washington yesterday – I get, you know, the frustration, but, you know, I don't think I'd go back to it here. And um, Scherzer on the other side of this game, he's a, he's a, he's a little interesting um, when we're looking at it just overall. Because when we're looking at Scherzer here, we know the upside that Scherzer has on any slate. But the flip side of it, Grant, is we really don't know how deep he's going to pitch in the game. And he wasn't like 100%, I don't think, in his last start. Yeah, no, it's just not really worth it. He's pro. Like, one of the big benefits of Scherzer – hey, Arnauto just hit a bomb. Hooray me. Uh, one of the big benefits of Scherzer is the fact that he 
can go late into games. Like it's why we like guys like Verlander. It's like we like guys like Degrom. They're very good pitchers, but they also go late into games. So an 11K price tag with Scherzer. Yes, on this slate where there's only a few aces, he could potentially be the highest scoring one. But in all likelihood, he's not going to be the highest scoring pitcher on this slate. He's probably only going to go 80, 85, 90 pitches. And even with his elite stuff, it's not really worth it, and even in a good matchup. So I don't think I'm going with him at all and just really have no interest. I think I need to see him show me a game. And, like, I'm perfectly okay if he goes out and puts 35 up. I'll be okay rostering him next time out. But – I just think I need to go out. I think I need to see him just go out and dominate a game before I can really get super excited about playing Scherzer at 11K when Garrett Cole and, you know, Syndergaard, and we have other options on this slate. So, um, and like you said, the 7K range is pretty loaded today. Um, is there any Baltimore bats that you want to take here against Scherzer? No, no. They're not good. And Scherzer's good. That's the end of it. That's where I'm at. Um yeah, you know, even though I don't want to play Scherzer, I'm not going to play Washington bats against him. As far as Washington goes, Wojciechowski, you know, his strikeout rate definitely lower against lefties, high walk rate, gives up a lot of fly balls and a lot of hard contact. I think you go back to the well, the same guys you played yesterday, you know, Soto, Eaton, Adams, you know, the lefties in this lineup. Yeah, and I don't mind going with guys like Rendon or Turner. Woj is better versus righties, much better versus righties, but he's still an extreme fly ball hitter. So guys with power like – Rendon, who don't strike out at a high clip, can very easily take the ball to the ballpark with his 45% hard hit rate and even Trey Turner, slightly higher K rate, but he's still going up against the Baltimore bullpen for a bit. So I don't mind a full back here. I definitely prefer lefties, but if I'm going with the righty, Rendon is by far my favorite. Fair enough. Um, moving right along here. Atlanta at Toronto. We got Mike Fultonevich against Jacob Wagusback. Um, any interest here in Fulte? Yeah, he's – there's – there's. well, let's start out by saying that there's four guys between 7K and 8.2K or 8K that are all very, very good options today. And I think Fulte's one of the ones that's going to be lower owned. He's going up against a Toronto team where he's a bit better versus righties than he is versus lefties. Like his out underlying numbers don't really show, but doesn't give too many fly balls, strikes him out at a higher rate. He's going up against a very high strikeout team in Toronto here. So it's not a great ballpark, but he is a guy that has been pitching pretty decent recently and going up against a very high strikeout opponent. It all depends on ownership today, but he's one of the four guys that are one of my favorite targets on this entire slate. Yeah, I'm with you. It obviously will depend on what we're looking at ownership-wise, but I think ownership will be pretty spread out on this slate when it comes to the cheaper guys just because we do have, you know, multiple options down here. So I kind of hope that's the case, but I like Fulty as well. Very high strikeout team, 26% on the projected starting lineup against right-handed pitching this season. So, like Fulty. And then on the other side of this game, Wagus back. He's been really good against lefties, but he's been really bad against righties. And you think about this lineup, and, you know, it's kind of a mixed righty-lefty lineup. And I just feel like we have plenty of options where I don't have to go down this road today. Yeah, Wagus Pack's not worth it at all. He's in the price range as all these other guys that should greatly outscore him. Atlanta's a very good team. Not terribly high in strikeouts, but just kind of – average and they're going into they're getting the dh here so that makes our team even better here so i i don't see the need to use wagos back it's just not going to be worth it on the slate uh what do you like here for the atlanta braves i don't mind freeman um Wagus pack has been great versus lefties but freeman's fine but it's more the righties that i'm looking at it's donaldson 
Zacuna, both these guys are very elite hitter, hitters going up against a righty that has just been absolutely terrible versus righties. 44% hard hit rate, 36% fly ball rate going up against Acuna and Donaldson's near 400 Woba and 250 ISOs. So, yeah, they're the top plays and they're priced like it, but it's in a very, very good hitter's ballpark with anytime you get a fly ball pitcher that goes up a ton of hard contact to a certain handedness and you got guys that can hit the ball really hard, you take them. So I don't mind paying up for them on a slate where Coors is probably going to be the chalk and easily both these guys can hit a bomb. Yeah, you know, Donaldson, probably my favorite one here. Um, I do want to say, like, I don't mind Swanson either. He came back on Monday um, from the IL, and he's a guy that fills a shortstop position. He has upside. So, you know, definitely could, you know, throw him in the mix when you're looking at the Braves here. But Acuna, Donaldson, uh, definitely my two favorite guys here. As far as Toronto goes, you know, I don't mind like a Vigio. I don't mind like a Pichette. I don't mind like a Tellus. Um, but you know, you're not really getting a, a discount on Bichette. He's really expensive, but the other the other guys here are not that bad price wise. Yeah, um, yeah, Biggio and Tellos are the two top guys for me. Both of them fly ball hitters that can hit the ball pretty hard. And Fulte has given up a 48% fly ball rate and a 40% hard contact rate to lefty so far this season. He's turned things around a little bit, but he's still been a little bit normal splitsy in the past. So lefties are what I prefer. But them and Smoke, like you can get all three of them. And they're all lefties going up against Fulty, and they're all under 4K. So I don't mind a full stack here, adding in Biggio or adding in Vlad. Like you can get a full five man stack pretty easily for not a whole lot, even paying up for Bichette, who's going to be very low owned and covers a shortstop position that's not great. So the lefties are what I prefer, but I honestly don't mind a single guy one through probably six in their lineup. And even if you want to throw in McKinney, not the worst idea in the world at 3.5K. All right, moving on. We got the Cubs and the Mets. Kyle Hendrick against Noah Syndergaard. Um, any interest here in Kyle Hendricks? Not really. I prefer him against lefty-dominant teams, and he's probably only going against two, Conforto and McNeil, neither of which strike out at a high rate. He's better against righties by a little bit, but realistically, he's just getting ground balls with the righties. He's getting strikeouts with lefties, so I want more upside. He doesn't walk a whole lot of guys, and there's a low implied total in this team. But 9.1K, not really what I want to do. There might be some potential weather issues here, but we don't know that yet. And even if there weren't, I don't know if it's really worth it for me just because the upside isn't that big. Yeah, um, obviously, you know, you have to check and see what Roth has on the weather in the morning. Um, I don't really love the spot for Hendricks either. I think he's an okay spot. I, I think that he has a clean game here. I just – I don't really see a ton of upside and – in his price range, I think I'd rather just kind of go down. There's guys in the price range below him that I like a little bit more um, or go up. Noah Syndergaard on the other side of this game, you know, Syndergaard hasn't been, hasn't been elite this season, but he's been good. Um, he's 10-4 here. Do you have any interest in Syndergaard? He's in play. I drastically prefer Cole, but it could be a pricing thing. The thing is, he just doesn't strike out guys at a massive clip anymore. He's not a big strikeout pitcher. He's mostly a ground ball pitcher. And 10-4 is a little bit too much where I'd rather just roll with two guys in the mid-range who have realistically the same, if not more, upside. So going up against a team with a 22% point, 22.6% K rate in a decent hitter's ballpark, it offers you some upside, but not a whole lot. And these these Chicago hitters are pretty darn good here, so I don't really have any interest in him. He could be the high-scoring play, honestly. 
I'm not going to be surprised if he does really well, but the likelihood of it happening isn't that great. Yeah, I hear you on that one. Um, again, I'm with you. I like Cole, or I like the potential of maybe paying down and saving some money um, just because there are a lot of spots for bats in the slate too that I like. So, um, As far as the Cubs' bats go, you know that like anytime you're facing Syndergaard, he's probably going to give up a bomb or two. Um, is there anybody that you like try to pinpoint for the home run here? No, there's not really anyone to pinpoint. I mean, looking at this – Cubs team there's a lot of guys with power and the main thing is that a lot of them are too cheap so it's going against Thor so they're getting the giant price savings here you can go with any one of these guys that have some power Castellanos Bryant Schwarber Baez Hap any of these guys are all 4k and under there's not a single bat in this lineup over 4k and it's not a great ballpark but we've seen Thor get beaten up before big field tournaments Cubs stack is a pretty darn good stack considering you can double stack it with one of the Coors teams or you can actually just take Cole and pay up at one of the, at your pitcher spot and then get some high-priced bats to round out your stack afterwards. So nothing really stands off the numbers here except for the pricing because they're all so darn cheap and they all have power and Thor can give up some bombs. So honestly, there's no one in particular. It's just everyone one through six has – a decent amount of pop in their bat. So use any of them, stack them up, like use them as one-offs. None of them are really a bad call because of their price tags. I will say, like, I probably like Syndergaard a little bit more if Rizzo's still out of the lineup. I think that certainly will help. Um, but, uh, again, like, it's not a spot that I, like, love. So I don't ever love, you know, trying to figure out where the home run's going to come from. But, you know, like you said, the pricing on this one, you know, makes it a little easier to fire up some shots here for sure. Um, as far as the Mets go, like, you know, even even Hendricks, he's been good. He's been getting ground balls. The strikeout rate's much worse against righties. Maybe like a Pete Alonzo. Um, I never hate playing that guy. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo. He's a pretty big fly ball guy. And then, honestly – like Conforto, like McNeil, uh, Hendricks does strike out lefties at a much higher clip because he doesn't throw his sinker nearly as much, so he's not going for ground ball contract, contact. But he does give up a whole bunch of fly balls, a whole bunch of hard contact. So McNeil, a guy that only strikes out a 13% clip, and Conforto sl- strikes out a sub-20% clip, who both have pop, who both can hit the ball hard. Like Honestly, I really like Conforto, and I really like McNeil, and their price tags aren't too constrictive. They're going to draw almost no ownership because of the ballpark and the matchup, but he can give up bombs to lefties. It can very easily happen. So those guys are two very good GBP plays. All right. Cleveland at Detroit. Um, Aaron Seville against Jordan Zimmerman. Any interest here in Seville? Yeah, he's one of the other guys that's in that same range. He's going up against Detroit. 21% K rate, doesn't walk a lot of guys, has good contact, doesn't give up too many fly balls, doesn't give up too much hard contact. And even if he did, that doesn't really matter because it's Detroit and they're just absolute trash going up against righties or lefties. So Seville's, I could see being the chalk here, um, but there's potentially four guys that could be chalk. And I already mentioned Fulte, he's probably going to be the lowest owned, but Seville is probably the higher expected total here. He has a better matchup by pretty large margin and better ballpark um i'm gonna wait and see what ownership is but as of right now he's one of the top three point per dollar plays on the entire slate of pitcher yep i like it 
Um, I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, it's no secret by this time of the season that we're picking on Detroit as much as we possibly can just because that offense is awful, um, I, I think is the right term for them. So I'm right there with you. I like Savelle a lot. You know, this is – it's an interesting slate when we're looking at this slate just overall just because there's so many um, cheaper pitcher options that, like, it's one of those slates that I won't be shocked, like, if I just end up not paying up a pitcher at all and just loading up on bats because the Red Sox are facing Peter Lambert in course today. Yeah. Um, any interest here in Jordan Zimmerman? No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sum it up fast. Um, Jordan Zimmerman, he struggles with lefties, doesn't really strike anybody out. It's a great spot for Cleveland. They're in a they're in a great spot. Um, they're on the road. They're probably my my top stack outside of the Red Sox today. Like this is just a lock and load spot for me. I love this spot for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not factoring in ownership outside because they should be the highest scoring stack on the slate here. I mean, Kipnis is priced way too low. Also at three point seven k, he's one of the top plays on the entire slate going up against an absolute trash pitcher versus lefties, and he. You can take the ball out of the ballpark, but Reyes, Puig, I mean, you're getting two guys that are big fly ball hitters that hit the ball very hard going up against a pitcher who doesn't strike out guys and gets a lot of hard contact. Absolutely love their price tags of 4K and 4.1. And then you got Mercado, Santana, Lindor, all priced up a little bit, but all very good hitters. Lindor and Santana going to be batting from the left side of the plate. This is This is one of the best spots on the entire slate here, so – yeah, don't sleep on him. Yeah, and like, you know, obviously ownership's important and all that stuff, but when you have a team in this kind of spot, you just, in my opinion, you just play it and, you know, hopefully it doesn't bust. So, um, the Detroit side of things, I don't really like Detroit here. Like, I don't ever mind ending up on like any of the cheaper bats that are up towards the top of the lineup if you need them, um, but I, I'm not going to single anybody out here. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you're looking for a vomit spadak, hey, Blender, um, much rather go with a team like Chicago where the price similarly and you just get way better bats. So Detroit's off my list entirely. Yep. All right, moving on. Oakland at Kansas City, Tanner Rourke against Jacob Junis. Um, any interest here in Rourke? I mean, Kansas City's not great. Rorak is in the slightly above the price range that I really want to look at. He's been a decent pitcher. I don't hate it for GBPs. Like, he's probably going to be the lowest owned of the guys between 7 and 8.5K. Um, don't really expect too many people to be on him. This Kansas City team does strike out a decent, pretty decent clip. He's been much worse versus lefties and been pretty darn elite versus righties so far this season. And the lefties in the lineup, we got O'Hearns, who's a massive clip, Gordon, who's actually a pretty good batter. And then the rest of the lefties are kind of just trash. Um, so I don't hate the move. Like, if ownership weren't a thing, I'd have zero interest in him. But he could potentially go in as a low, low-owned guy that has the potential for 25 points here. So he's on my list. He, I'm going to wait and see where our ownership's at. But he's a guy that could potentially be the better play than the other guys just based on the fact that they could all draw 15-plus percent ownership. Yeah, I get it. He He's probably not a guy that I would play a lot. Um, but, you know, you make solid points there. So, you know, you got to gotta respect the ownership and play the ownership game every once in a while. But I'm just not a Tanner Roark guy. Um, I would rather take cheaper Kansas City bets. Um, any interest here in Junis? 
No. No, I mean, I get that he's another decent pitcher. Like, he's a ground ball pitcher with an average K rate. Going up against an Oakland lineup that does strike out at a decent clip, but it's, it's just not really a spot where I want to go. I'd much rather play Oakland bats. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't really love this spot. Um, I like the Oakland bats. Like, I, I think that, you know, Olsen, obviously – probably my favorite bat here from Oakland. Um, I was looking really quick to see if he's in the player bowl. Seth, Seth Brown is 12, uh, is min salary. He's probably going to be the the popular value guy on the slate with Piscotty out facing a righty. He should crack the lineup and um, min, min salary outfielder grant. Yeah. Min salary outfielder that had 37 home runs in triple a this year, which yeah, he, He's cheap, and he's got your best chance at a 2K bomb. Like, he's got your best chance at probably a sub-3K bomb, and he's super cheap going up against a pitcher that hasn't really been too bad versus either side of the plate. But Brown's a guy that hits bombs, and Eunice gives up a lot of hard contact to lefties, 44% on the season. So assuming with his home run numbers in the minors, he's a pretty decent fly ball hitter here. So he's a guy that I'm definitely looking at. Chris Davis obviously still real cheap, as he always is. And I have no problem with playing him, but outside of him, yeah, I'm fine with Simeon, fine with Grossman, fine with Chapman, fine with Olsen. Olsen being the other guy that I'd probably choose most for a bomb on this team, but the stack's not bad, and with so much ownership converging on cores likely, it could be overlooked a bit, and with how badly they disappointed yesterday, not going to be surprised if almost no one's on him, but they have tons of pop in their bats, and with a two-gay guy right in the middle, it makes it real easy to stack up. They were definitely disappointing yesterday. Um very disappointing indeed. Like I, I liked my my Oakland stacks too. I, I was able to make a Dodgers Oakland stack, and I felt really good about it. And then the slate happened. So <laughs> yeah, sometimes that happens. The slate yeah. happens, and then you lose money. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna end up losing money. The Dodgers are pounding right now, so we'll see how that all plays. I'm out. currently winning ten dollars with a chance to lose a lot more or win a lot more. But I'm literally at the ten dollar mark, so this is super exciting. Big slate for you, buddy. Um, Kansas City bats. What are we looking at here on Kansas City? I mean, I don't really want to target righties versus them, so I might just cross everyone out. Solaire and Dozier's prices are pretty interesting at 4.1K. He still does give up a decent amount of hard contact, but he strikes out righties at a pretty decent clip, and he's just been great versus them all year. It's not They're not in a great ballpark, but those price tags are kind of tough to ignore. They're both on my tournament, uh, tournament list, and then – Gordon's really cheap. Hearns, oh, Hearns is fine as a one-off. Outside of them, uh, not really. I mean, you can round out with weight. You can stack these guys if, up if you want, but Dozier and Solaire are the best odds at hitting a bomb, and O'Hearn's just one of the cheapest guys on the slate if you want to pay up for Coors and still potentially get Colton Deer lineup. Yeah, like, you know, if you're wanting to get Cole, you know, you're looking at like a Seth Brown. You're looking at like a Ryan O'Hearn. Um, if you're not playing Cole and you're going two 7K guys, you're probably not going to end up on these guys. Uh, Boston at Colorado, um, 14 total here. Eduardo Rodriguez against Peter Lambert. Um, Rodriguez is a 170 favorite here. Uh, any interest in Eduardo? No. Hard pass. It's pitcher. Yeah, it's, it's scores. It's scores. They have a six implied run total. There are five other guys that could potentially score 25 points in the same range. He could potentially have – a decent outing, but in all likelihood, it's course He's going to get blown up. Yep. 
and you know the top of this order too like very good against lefties and and eduardo's kind of struggle with lefties and we know blackman can hit lefties we know murphy can hit lefties so gonna pass on eduardo and i'm definitely passing on peter lambert zero chance i play lambert today yeah not gonna not gonna play him uh what do you like here for boston outside everything. of everything everything <laughs> we, we both know it's everything lambert's not a good pitcher the bullpen's not that great they are a very good team that don't strike out a high clip. All of them have power. Obviously, the top guys are going to be Devers, going to be Mookie, going to be JD, going to be Bogarts, Ben Attendee if he's back in the lineup tomorrow. There's always a chance that uh, JD isn't in there if Ben Attendee's back just because JD's a little bit of a, a defensive liability. But, yeah, no, I like everyone. And it's the same thing as yesterday. Almost as bad as a pitcher, if not a worse pitcher. They should put up 10-plus runs here. They have an eight-implied run total, which is ridiculous. We've only seen that a few times this year. Boston's one of the best-hitting teams in the league. They're going to be the chalk. I'll eat the chalk. I don't care. Pretty much summed up it, Grant. Um, I'm perfectly okay with eating the chalk, too. This is an amazing spot for the Red Sox. And um, Peter Lambert just doesn't scare anybody. So, you know, just take advantage of it here in this spot. And, Load up on the Red Sox. I think Devers is probably my favorite play here. And, um, yeah, just going to load up on the Red Sox today. Uh, as far as the Rockies go, I always like Nolan Arenado and, and Trevor Story against the lefty. I know Eduardo is kind of reverse splits, and he's he's really decent against um, left-handed or right-handed bats. But, like, it, it's still cores, and, you know, it's still a lefty facing, you know, two lefty mashers, as Derek Carty would say. Yeah, and, I mean, he does throw a decent changeup, but it's still Coors. Arenado and Story crush lefties in Coors, and so they're two of the top plays on the slate here. Blackman, I don't mind him going lefty-lefty. Still has good numbers versus lefties, and like you said, uh, Erod has a little bit of reverse split so far this year, and it may be a sample size thing, or maybe he's really upped his changeup going up against opposite handedness. So that could honestly be a reason why, and... Like, if you know that is the case, it's still Coors. So, Blackman, Murphy, McMahon, all of them are fine plays. Desmond, if you want, he's crushed lefty so far this year if he's in the lineup here. And then that one guy, why can't – Hellingsley, whatever his name is, got called up, had a whole bunch of power in the minors. So, if he's back in the lineup tomorrow, he's also a pretty good play, and I think he's super cheap. Yeah, and the other thing you got to remember here, too, is the Boston bullpen has been terrible this year. So, there's that. Yeah. Uh, Dodgers and Padres, Kentai Maeda against Matthew Strom. Um, nine total in this one. Maeda is a 176 favorite. Uh, any interest here in Matthew Strom? No, not really. Uh, just Dodgers are good, even versus a lefty. Strom could have had a decent outing, but he's not really on my list. Yeah, and the thing is, like, yeah, they're they're a little worse against lefties than they are against righties. But is is Matthew Strom a big enough power arm to go out and dominate this team? I guess it could happen, but I'm not going to bet on it happening in this spot. So for me, it's a pass spot. And then Kenta Maeda on the other side of this game, I don't hate Kenta Maeda here. I just like a lot of pitchers in the seven K range more than I like Kenta Maeda. And I totally I, 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 skipped a couple games, and we're going to go back to him. Don't worry. Uh, I like Maeda. I do. Um, like, he's got good numbers versus righties, and, yes, there are a few lefties in this game here, but Maeda still has a decent K rate versus lefties. Been pitching decent recently. 8K 8 is just not really a big enough price tag for him. 
in this type of matchup here. San Diego, especially in San Diego, is not the same team without Tatis. Uh, so, yeah, like he's put up gems recently. They're letting him get up to 90 pitches. He's got good enough case buff, especially to righties, which there are some strikeouts to righties in this lineup, especially if Renfro's in it. So, like, this is a high-K team going up against one of the better K-rate arms on the slate. Maybe it's one of those other four guys that I really like. So, I'm going to be using a decent amount of Maeda. Yeah, I was scrolling down to look at something, and I totally realized that I, like, skipped, like, four games. But Yeah, I thought we were cruising through this pretty quickly. I'm like, we still haven't talked about one of my favorite pitchers. What's going on here? <laughs> um, yeah, any interest in the Dodgers' bats here? I got Strom. I mean, he's been, like, good to both sides of the plate, but not great by any means. He's given up more power to righties. So, Turner's obviously in play, but – and Pollock is too, but honestly, I don't think really anyone's out of play. It's not a great ballpark, but the price tags on most of these guys are not overwhelming. Turner's my favorite play. Jock Jams, if he's in the lineup, probably won't be batting that high, so I don't know if I'll roll with him. But Strom has been pretty bad, or not that great to lefties. But it's Turner, Bellinger, Seeger are all good plays. Turner is the, my favorite, and Pollock, if he's leading off, is one of the better plays. Yeah, those are the guys that I like too. Um, I, I think you could throw in, you know, Kiki Hernandez in there as well, you know, but you're always worried about pinch hit risk with Kiki. But I don't – obviously, I don't hate this spot for him. Um, and then the Padres side of things, like, I don't really love anybody here. Like, I like I like lefties against Kent Maeda. He's really good against righties. Like, there's just not that lefty in this lineup that you're like, oh, love that guy in this spot. Yeah, there's Naylor and there's Hosmer. And that's it. And I don't really have a desire to play either of them. Naylor would be the only guy just because of his price tag. But there's other 3.5K price guys that I'd much rather play. All right, going back now because, you know, I messed up. We're going to go to Cincinnati at Miami, eight total. Anthony Descalfani against Sandy Alcantara. Descalfani is a 142 favorite here. Castillo struggled a little bit to start the game yesterday. But battled through and still had a decent outing. Um, What are we doing here with Anthony Descalfani? Uh, he's one of those other guys. It's one of the top plays on the entire slate here. Descalfani has a high K rate versus righties on the season. 26% has been great to them just everywhere. And there's what two lefties in this lineup here. They're all terrible. Everyone on the entire lineup's terrible. 25.7% K rate in the lineup here. It's being played in Miami. They have the lowest, one of the lowest run totals on the slate here. So Disco Stew is probably Probably one of the top options on the entire slate here. I'm waiting to see what ownership is. I like Fulte. I like Disco Stew. I like Savale. I like Maeda. Trying to figure out which one I'm going to use just based on ownership. I don't think you can go wrong with any of them. Disco Stew's right up there with the rest of them. Should absolutely crush here. And, yeah, great play. I think you also have to, like, potentially maybe play two of these guys. Like, you know, if you're wanting to, like, load up on, like, an offense or a stack or something, I think – it's really realistic today to play two 7K guys because there's so many options when it comes to bats on the slate. So, um, you know, the other side of this game, Sandy Alcantara. I don't hate, you know, Miami pitchers in general. Sandy Alcantara, is a young, talented kid. Um, any interest in him here in this low total game in Miami? I think with all the other options, he just doesn't make the cut. He's not a terrible option. He just doesn't strike out a whole lot of guys and he can walk some guys there is some strikeouts in the Cincinnati red lineup 
But there are some guys that walk at a decent clip here. I don't think he's going to make my cut just because all the other guys are slightly above him. If he were super cheap, maybe, but he's just too expensive for me to really want to use him. If there wasn't a bunch of options on the slate, I think I would I would fire some shots at him here. I wouldn't be shocked if he has a, a decent game in this spot. Um, he's just not my favorite in this range. Uh, as far as the Cincinnati bats, Tara has a low strikeout rate against left-handed hitters this season. 13.7% K rate, 38.4% hard hit rate. So if I'm looking at the Cincinnati bats here, I like Van Meter. Um, Votto potentially, maybe Barnhart as a cheaper option. I don't hate uh, Aquino any slate. He's going to have low ownership at his price point. So definitely don't mind him at 5K. Suarez, 4,300, still pretty cheap. So don't mind those guys. Um, having some technical difficulties. So I'm finishing out the podcast here. And, um, you know, I have Grant's morning grind game plays. And I'll uh, give those out when we get there. But um, got to love technical difficulties. And um, as far as the Miami hitters go, you know, outside of just a low-owned, you know, potential stack, I don't love them here. I, I, I like Descafani a lot in this spot. So for me, I'm not going to really, you know, attack this spot for the Miami Bats. But, you know, they're cheap and you never know what's going to happen. Minnesota at Chicago taking on the White Sox. We have a 10.5 total here. Um, Jake Odorizzi against Ross Detweiler. Um, Odorizzi is a 188 favorite here. You know, obviously for him, you know, I, I don't mind this spot. You know, anytime you're facing this team you have some upside it's more of just you know what's his ownership going to be do i really want to pay up for a guy like this when i have all those options in the 7k range so i don't honestly i don't hate this spot for Rizzi. i do think he has some strikeout upside he strikes out both sides of the plate at a high clip this team the projected starting lineup has a 27 percent k rate against righty so i do think there is some upside here for jake Rizzi. I just don't know if I want to go too crazy with him in this spot just because of the price and all the guys underneath him. Um, on the other side of this game, Detweiler, he's been really bad against righties this season. They're going to throw enough righties at him here that I really don't have any interest in. You know, we talked about we talked about Cleveland. We talked about Boston already because we kind of skipped ahead. Um, but I, I definitely like the Minnesota stack here. You know, Garver, very expensive, but he's in a great spot against Detweiler. You know, Sano, Cruz... You're paying up for this team, but obviously they're in a great spot. So no, um, you know, 341 ISO, Garver 379, Cruz 49. Like you're paying up for these guys for a region. And CJ Crone, if he cracks the lineup at 4400, he has a ton of upside against left-handed pitching. So Minnesota is another team that I really like on the slate. So um, definitely not going to sleep on them. And you know, with with the pricing of the pitchers that we have that we like on the slate. We have a ton of these options that, you know, we're going to be able to roll these guys out there and, you know, we're going to be okay. So, um, you know, the other side of this game, the White Sox, I don't really love the White Sox bats here. I, I think they're okay. I don't, you know, necessarily want to go crazy with them in this spot. So, you know, for me, it's probably going to be a spot that I end up, you know, passing on these bats and not playing. If I do play them, I'm not going to play a ton of them. So. Tampa at Houston, eight total. Ryan Yarbrough against Garrett Cole. Cole's a 210 favorite here, Ryan Yarbrough. Um, he's kind of price expensive here, facing a Houston team that just doesn't really strike out against left-handed pitching. So for me, it's probably going to be a pass on Yarbrough with all the options that we have on the slate. I really don't have to you know, pay down for Yarbrough. And I think that this is a spot that I definitely don't mind the Houston bats. 
Garrett Cole, 37% K rate on the season, you know, 41% strikeout rate against lefties. He's death to lefties. You know, he has a strikeout pitch that he uses, you know, against lefties. So very good against lefties. Going to face quite a bit of lefties here. I project five or six lefties in this lineup. So I do think this is a really good spot for Garrett Cole. Um, do not sleep on Garrett Cole. If you're wanting to pay up, you know, you obviously can go all the way up to Garrett Cole. He's my favorite pitcher. Raw points pitcher on the slate. Um, again, I don't hate the two 7K option pitchers to load up on bats, but Garrett Cole I think is you know better than everybody else in this price range today. I think he's the best pitcher over 8K, and honestly, it's not even that close. So you know he's certainly the guy that I'm looking at here um, if I'm paying up. All right, we did Oakland and Kansas City already. We did Boston and Colorado. We did the Dodgers and the Padres. So. All that we have left here um, to talk about is the Texas and Angels game, 10 total. Ariel Gerardo against Patrick Sandoval. Sandoval's a minus 170 favorite here. Um, you know, when we're looking at this spot um, for Gerardo, facing a team that just doesn't really strike out, he's a pitcher that doesn't really strike anybody out. So I think that, you know, this is a stay away spot for me um, when it comes to Gerardo. I do think that the Angels are a potential sneaky stack on the slate. So Gerardo is going to be a guy that I kind of pass on here. Sandoval, we just saw what Heaney did to this team yesterday. Like, he pitched really well against them. You know, left-handed pitchers have really pitched well against this team all year. 7,500, he's going to be really low-owned in this price range. Um, really struggled against Texas in the last game in Texas. Obviously, this game's not in Texas. Um Again, I like a lot of these pitchers more than I like Sandoval on this slate. Um, would much rather play some of those guys instead of Sandoval, but I wouldn't talk you off of it just because of how bad this team is against left-handed pitching. So, um, you know, as far as the Texas bats go here, you know, looking for some cheaper options. Um, you know, Solik is 3,400. I think he's very much in play here. Um, you know, if Henman, if Henman in, you know, cracks the lineup. He's another righty. Um, he's 3,100. He's cheap. And um, he's interesting. I don't want to go too crazy here. Um, you know, Santana and Calhoun are always in play um, against left-handed pitching. Calhoun, kind of a reverse splits guy. Um, he's been hitting left-handed pitching all really well all season. And, you know, Sandoval, for the most part, what we've seen so far, has kind of struggled with lefties. So um, definitely don't mind, you know, potentially playing Willie Calhoun here. Um, Gerardo, with him here, I, I want to attack him with, you know, Trout, Otani, Calhoun, Upton, even maybe like a Simmons. I, I want the guys that are going to take advantage of this high hard hit rate for Gerardo. And, you know, obviously Mike Trout's in a great spot. Justin Upton, when he's not striking out, he's making hard contact and hitting fly balls. So I really like this spot for him. Um, that's kind of it. Definitely not uh, not going to talk anybody off of, like, a three-man stack here. Um, uh, let's play the morning grind game. Like I said, I have Grant's answers. Uh, sorry about the technical difficulties. It's been one of those weeks for sure already. Um, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Um, Grant had Seville. I like that one. Um, I'm going to go with Fulte on mine. Over 8K to score under 15. Grant had Yarbrough. 
Um, let's see here. I'm going to go with Kyle Hen. No, I'm going to go with Tanner Rourke. Rourke. So I'm going to go with there. Um, Grant's home run today is Framil Reyes. Um, not going in course, so I'm going to go with. Give me Mike Trout. I know it's the chalky answer, but I think he's going to be lower owned today than he should be. Um, Grant's cheap guy to get two hits was Kipnis. My cheap guy to get two hits is Seth Brown. Min salary, two hit game. Coming, feeling it. Um, Grant's stack was the Astros. He really liked the Astros. Um, I didn't really talk about the bats too much for the Astros. I kind of skipped over that because I've been terrible at that today for some reason. Um... But yeah, Grant really likes the Astros bats against Yarbrough. He wanted me to make sure everybody knew that. And Yarbrough is a guy, a lefty, and you know we know Houston, not a team that strikes out a ton. And you know, man, this podcast has been all over the place today. Be better tomorrow. It will be better tomorrow. Um, I will make sure of that. But yeah, I, I definitely don't mind the Houston stack. Like I said, Grant's favorite stack there. Um, I'm gonna go with. I like Cleveland, Minnesota. In Boston, I think Minnesota would be the lowest owner of that group. So I'm going to go with Minnesota as my stack to score six or more runs on the slate. And uh, like I said, I don't really think a ton of people will be on that. So I like it. And um, yeah, so that's going to wrap it up here for today's podcast. Again, tomorrow will be better. Um, yeah, bad one today. Bad one today. This one's on me. Technical difficulties, being all over the place on the games. I'm just all over the place today. So. It'll be better tomorrow. Hope everyone has an awesome, awesome, awesome Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we will see you then.